The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And happy Monday. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is your week two with me, Summer Sibley Brown, filling in for Neville James as the host of Analyze This from WTJX's FM 93.1. We are your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And as we greet the new week, I just want to, you know, take a minute, um, shout out if you're listening to us in your car, at your desk, online, or on Facebook. It's Monday and we made it. Right. We made it through last week, um, made it through the weekend, made it through the lovely rains. And, you know, like sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I'm like the benefit of being here um, is a small gratitude that most people, you know, that we overlook because we take it for granted. And um, for those of us who, whether recently or have known loss, right, we are not guaranteed to be here. So good morning, good morning, good morning. We are here and you are here listening to Analyze This. And today on Analyze This, you have me for the first hour. And in the second hour, we will resume our Candidate Speak series and we will be speaking to aspirant and also sitting senator, right? So that's in, in, interesting. Seeking election, but sitting in the seat, um, Senator at Large Angel Bulkes. Um, so looking forward to having a conversation with him. And in the first hour, you know, it's me talking to you. I told y'all, y'all get to know me better than you possibly could want in the in the time that Neville um, was out. I miss him today because I was like, oh man, we could have been having a really robust conversation about Decision 2022. And I want to, first and foremost, before I forget, remind everybody that today is October 31st. It is the last day to early vote. So if you have not early voted... Please make time to early vote today if that's something you intended to do. It is going up until 7. So original announcement said 6. But today, early voting ends at 7. Let me tell you, it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I early voted. Um, really, really shout out to the board, VI Board of Elections. It And the, not just the Board of Elections, but actually elections itself because they're you know the workers in there they're running it and it was um really efficient smooth quick process the longest part of the process was you know me deliberating and putting in my votes and so shout out again and early voting is until 7 today but after 7 p.m right? There will be no more early voting. This is October 31st. We've been talking about it from the time it opened saying you have an early voting window. Um, if you are a senior, if you have needs, if you don't want to deal with the rush, early voting. If you happen to want to be in the thick of it, November 8th is still around the corner. November 8th is nine days away. So the early voting window will have closed. But if you want to be in the thick of it, if you like that campaign energy, because, you know, like Dedeset St. Croix is a vibe like no other, but I would beg to say that Virgin Islands elections is a vibe like no other because outside of our voting centers, right? Because that's what we have now. You can vote in any one of the centers, right? 
in our voting centers, what we have is a vibe outside um, where you see all of our difference and all of our sameness come together because you'll have two teams for two candidates um, partying together. You know, while they like showing like vote for me, but they're still enjoying each other's music. Um, and that's one thing. I want to highlight like while we're voting it's been it's been it's been real it's, it's been real out there in these streets right people are celebrating and and really advocating for their candidates and at the same time we are still one virgin islands so remember early voting 7 p.m is the deadline if you miss it don't panic or if you just like being in the thick of it put on your t-shirt if you have one and November 8th, you can go to a voting center. Um, and, you know, I've been sitting here on with I've had the privilege because it really is a privilege to talk to you through this medium with Neville um, about candidates. And I just want to remind everyone who the candidates are, because um, believe it or not, there are people who don't know who the candidates are. Um, and so I'm a you know, I'm a plug analyze this because we do have a podcast you can go on podbean you can find us you can hear um our interviews if i call a candidate's name and you don't know um we've also had a lieutenant governor debate we've also had uh, a gubernatorial debate those things are available on facebook um so you can see them and then there's been lots of other forums for you to participate in or follow up and there's actually another one coming up um i'm going to look that up to give you the information on what day is going to air but this is all about you electorate getting information getting information um to solidify the reason why you may want to go out there and vote and i know you're like oh my gosh every day these people hopping and voting 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 yeah, um, we kind of are because it's important. You know, when we talk about these vexing, and I believe it was there was a candidate in the in the series um, who used the word vexing, and it really was appropriate to me, right? Like when we don't have power, it's vexing. When we think about food shortages, vexing. When we think about healthcare, is vexing, right? Um, when we think about how we grow things here and we and some of the challenges especially being disaster prone and things there are a lot of people who are truly upset they vex and we are part of the solution to how we solve those things by vetting the people who will address our vexing needs in the way that they will show up in any of their specific areas that they're running for do they have the skill do they have the love for the people do they have the requisite experience do they have the ability to build consensus because nobody does this by themselves um and we have on analyze this the candidate speak series you know been doing a rapid fire um and that hopefully has helped illuminate something for the listening audience if you are listening to me this morning as i first and foremost go down i'm just gonna call out everyone who is in the decision 2022 and i have the beautiful decision 2022 booklet in front of me on the desk fresh off the press red and black looking sleek um so i'm gonna go through that i'm gonna call off names but if there is something you want to share this morning 
um, before we have candidate Bokis on, not just about him, but about elections, um, about your thoughts, about, you know, the critical thinking you're in that you think would actually help the electorate make decisions. And so I'm actually not asking for like candidate endorsements. I'm asking about ways that you make decisions about voting. You can call in at... 7180761340 But let's go down who's in the decision, right? So for the gubernatorial elections, and this is for, you know, reminder for those of you listening, and if you and if you really weren't paying attention, um, and you're starting to pay attention today, because believe it or not, there are Virgin Islanders out there who just been kinda tired. Kind tired of tired of the election cycle and like tired of the overall state of things and kind of have plugged out but hopefully maybe today's the day you choose to plug back in and you have a little bit of wherewithal to make to consider on um the gubernatorial level right we have number one um governor albert bryan and lieutenant governor trigenza roach we have number two on your ballot it would be ronald pickard and elroy turnbull Number three, Stephen Smokey Fret and Gregory Miller Jr., Gregory R. Miller Jr. And number four, Kurt Vialet and Janelle K. Saro. And that's Senator Kurt Vialet, Senator Janelle K. Saro. So for the gubernatorial election, we have four candidates. You have four choices. And on Analyze This Week, um, well, the Candidate Speak series, we've spoken to three of the four already, and we're looking forward to, to speak to the final four, which happens to be number one on the ballot. And it's interesting because Neville would call them the defending champs because um, he said they're the people in the office. We actually have Governor Albert Bryan and Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor Tringanza Roach. They will be on air with us on November 2nd. So you have... You have, they get their 40 minutes just like everybody else. You know, we're looking for that equal, fair, just approach. They get their four hours like everybody else and you get to listen in and determine again, if you've already voted, you know, tune in and listen in, see where your vote went or where, and if you're not voting, where your vote is going, right? Um, There are four candidates for governor then we move down on the slate and you know there's sample balance online if you need to know what a ballot looks like there's sample balance online for each district um but i am going to start with those running for office in saint thomas and on in saint thomas who we have is give me one second we up close and personal this morning it's just you and me listening audience i just saying we're out there together doing this thinking about decision 2022 general election right so on the ballot i'm starting i'm talking about so i just did the gubernatorial race in the in the delegate in the race for delegates at congress we have the honorable delegate stacy plaskett so there is one person on the ballot um she is uncontested so that would be who's on the ballot if you choose to vote there senator at large candidates and so the senator at large remember that seat is a territorial seat so this senator necessarily doesn't represent um a district but represents the territory um but but lives on saint john right so this is the one person who resides on saint john but they have at large responsibilities um and i would well we'll talk about it after so we have number one sherry francis 
um and number two angel bulkes and like i said sherry ann francis she was actually i believe our first or second person on the candidate speak series um i believe she was the first person we interviewed on the candidate speak series when we opened it and um this second at large senator would be person running for office would be the last well not the last but he's he's in the you know he's in the closing out um He's in the closing out section because we only have nine more days. You, if you want to hear that, you could go back to the beginning of our podcast. Um, I'll try and find those dates So because sherri is on there. And, you know, after today, so will Senator Bulkes because you're making a decision on at-large senators. Then in the St. Thomas St. John district candidates, we have number three, Carla Joseph. Number four, Marvin Blyden. Number five on your ballot, Don Lisa Henry. Number six, Ray Fonseca. Number seven, Lawrence Buschelti. Number eight, Alma Francis Heiliger. Number nine, Joel S. Brown Connors. Number 10, Milton E. Potter. Number 11, Donna Fred Gregory. Number 12, Dwayne M. DeGraff number 13 margaret price and so those are the people running for the saint thomas saint john district candidates and senator at large in the saint croix district we have number three patricia m james number four tyrone molyneux number five genevieve whitaker number six michael springer number seven monarch wakefield Number eight, Shalima A. Edwards. Number nine, Franklin D. Johnson. Number 10, Devin Carrington. Number 11, Marilyn T. Hodge. Number 12, Samuel Sam Carrion. Number 13, Novel E. Francis Jr. Number 14, Norman John Baptiste. Number 15, Nemi Williams Jackson. Number 16, Marie C. James. Number 17, Leonardo Carrion Sr. Number 18, Javan E. James. Number 19, Diane T. Capehart. Number 20, Kenneth Kenny Gittins. And number 21, Julian S. Vera. So as we begin to like round off and close, we have this. These are the people who are participating in Decision 2022. I don't want to, you know, we had we had a potential candidate. Um, oh, well, he would have been, I guess he'd be an incumbent um, from the Board of Elections. In, and, you know, one of the things he said that I would like to highlight is that all slates on the ballot are important. So let's talk about who's running for board of elections um and we have soraya ferreras we have florine Aden hassel we have raymond williams hold on let me go to the sample ballot and we have frederick espinosa in the saint thomas district and kareem notice this in croy frederick espinosa Kareem T. Francis, Soraya Ferreras, Florine Adade Hassel, Raymond J. Williams. Board of Elections for St. Thomas would be Todd D. Hecht, Atania Springett, Harriet A. Mercer, Jaquel Dawson. And then for the Board of Education, Winona A. Hendricks, 
Terrence T. Joseph, Mary Peggy Moorhead. And in St. Thomas, we have Shakima Jones-Sproul. Oh, that was Board of Elections. Oh, that's the St. John District. Let me correct that. Board of Education, St. Thomas, St. John is Judy Gomez, Era Lockhart, and Michael M. Charles. So when we go back to the Board of Elections, Shakima Jones-Sproul is the running for the St. John District Board of Elections seat. So for clarification, Shakima Jones is Board of Elections, um, St. St. John so those are that that's the slate that's the sample that's the you know and um what it looks like when you see it is the sample ballot starts off it takes you through the delegate then the governor then the legislature board of education board of elections so all of this will be on your sample ballot and um you have an opportunity to go in today before seven up until seven so if you finish work at five you could go in, you have two hours to early vote. Um, as of last week, Friday, unofficial early voting numbers, I believe, was 393,991 people had voted in the territory. Um, so we have people going out to early vote. Please, 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 electorate. Join us in the early voting. Join us in voting and participating, period, because it's important, right? Um, in a commercial, I love to hear the, the ladies say voting isn't just your right. It's the right thing to do. Um, and I've been pushing after you vote, accountability is where we're, where we're going from here, right? So your job as the electorate does not end. It does not end today if you vote before seven. It does not end end november 8th it actually begins january 1 2023 and you are listening to analyze this this is me summer sibley brown playing with you to to, to think about what you're doing for decision 2022 after the break we're going to be back and i want to talk a little bit about d hamilton jackson um because tomorrow is november 1st Of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations one in Gallows Bay at 340 773 8500, and one in Peter's Rest at 340 713 8500. These days, the news can be, let's just say, a little hard to take. But when you're looking for some hope, for some beauty, maybe a little grace, you can tune into From the Top. Every week, we bring you the life stories and music of young artists ages 8 to 18. We hear them perform music at the highest level and share what's important to them. Join me, Peter Dugan, each week for From the Top. 
From the Top, Wednesdays at 9 p.m. on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam, ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. You're not too cool for me. And in return, I reciprocate that sentiment. I'll never be too cool for you. I was a man with a plan, but now I'm a dad with a decree, and you can't take that from me. Please let it be noted that I told my job they can dock my pay. Right now, it's just too important to take you to school every day. I want to be legendary for you. I want you to puff out your chest when you go to school the same way I do. I walk taller because of you, because I found everything to live for. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. If you are just tuning in, it's me, Summer Sibley Brown, filling in for Neville James on Analyze This, 93.1 WTJX FM, your NPR station in the VIM. Before the break, I was just kind of like, you know, shouting out, telling everybody good morning, and also like reminding us that Decision 2022 is upon us. Know that WTJX will have your back with general election coverage on November 8th. You know how they do. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a great, great conversation. Um, and I believe Jamila Russell will be hosting that conversation. So we look forward to you participating and watching the general election coverage that is um, on Channel 12, and it's also Facebook Live. So Decision 2022. And this morning when I came in and I was like, hey, Decision 2022 is coming up. And we've been talking about voting this whole time. And then it dawned on me that November 1st is also Liberty, you know, D. Hamilton Jackson Day. Many of us know it as Bull and Bread, but it is D. Hamilton Jackson Day. And, and it became an official holiday in 1981. And D. Hamilton Jackson, we know him we celebrate him in um, our community for so much. You know, we talk about the community leader that he was, right? Um, we talk about all the things that he achieved. You'll hear people, you know, talk about his trip to Denmark, talk about the Herald, um, talk about his role in the community um, in the labor union strikes for better wages, talk about um his, him as a lawyer, a judge, and a legislator. And I was like, when I, I went to vinow.com, right? And I was actually reviewing what the blog says about David Hamilton Jackson. And I was like, we are in election season and we're actually talking about community leaders. And, and tomorrow, tomorrow is a day, November 1st, um, where we have the opportunity to celebrate, remember, and hold space for the community, a, a, a past community leader, um, a memorable one. Who we, we talk about him every single year. But what does that actually mean for us? What what are the things, the seeds that David Hamilton Jackson um, planted, fought for, dedicated his life to, 
that have allowed you and I to exist today. Um, not in a perfect scenario, but it, but in the scenario, in the situation where we are, like there has been advancement. Um, and it's interesting because as I was reading VI now, one of the things that, two things that stood out to me um, was that it says David Hamilton, Jacqueline, and I'm going to read it as is. When Denmark was considering selling the islands of the United States, Jackson lobbied in favor of it. He was frustrated with the empty promises of reform that the Danish government had always given, and he held the way to gaining support for the community to transfer the islands. Right? So I didn't know that. I didn't... I, I, first of all... Um, here we're talking about a citizen of the, well, yeah, he was fighting for citizenship, actually. But if we go back, he was a he was a Virgin Islander. He was an everyday person in the Virgin Islanders who had fought his way or worked his way or dedicated himself to have so much voice um, and influence and trust and integrity that in the transition from us being the Danish West Indies to you know, the United States, he held position and he held sway, right? And that relates that relates today to roles that the people who will be who will be electing will have sway and influence and voice. And then thinking, um, who among us, um, you know, who among us is working now that will be remembered? Wow. 50, 100 years from now in terms of the things that they advocated for. And then it made me think about, you know, advocacy <laughs> seems always frowned on when you're agitating, when you're agitating for something that you think is right. But really the growth of our territory um, came from those who were not afraid to agitate. Um, David Hamilton Jackson being one person whom we honor for his agitation. Um and then when I talked about him being a legislator, I was like, oh, okay. So we know that he pursued a, a degree in law. He went to the United States in between 1917 and 1921. And then when he came back, he served on the Colonial Council of St. Croix from 1923 to 1926 and on the Municipal Council of St. Croix in 1941 and 1946. During those terms, he often served as a spokesperson. In the latter post, Jackson traveled to the nation's capital to speak on pertinent issues affecting the new U.S. territory, like citizenship for the island's people. So it seems like, you know, some of these issues, as we see them, have been, or as we know them in our lifetimes, have existed, you know, prior to us. I was born in 1978, but in 1923 and 1926, Virgin Islanders were having the having discussions um, with U.S. government, um, I would assume Congress at the time, about our citizenship. This, this, this conversation about citizenship... And now what, you know, whether or not sovereignty is something we want to, you know, our status, let's, let's call it that our status conversation is ongoing. And I, I feel like, um, I myself has put it in, in this binary of happening or not happening. 
and not on the spectrum, right? Like put it in the binary of status yes, status no. We're picking it. Not looking at it as it's been a trajectory. Um, and so when I read, when I reviewed the blog this morning and I was like, wow, in 1923 and 1926, this conversation was happening. Looking at the amount of time we've had our own constitutional conventions, right? You know, and people feeling like, oh my gosh, we don't need to have another one. But actually... All this work is on a spectrum. All this work is on a continuum. And people, advocates, Virgin Islanders, scholars will continue to to move us forward. And so I guess what it challenges for me is the thought that someday we will wake up and we'll have arrived at the space of all our problems being solved because when we celebrate D. Hamilton Jackson and he's talking about freedom of the press, he's having conversations about liberty, we're having labor union strikes and, and, and advocating for better wages. None of those conversations have really gone anywhere. They all are on a spectrum of engagement that requires us as a community to participate to participate. We still have Virgin Islanders. I mean, the relationship has changed, but we still have Virgin Islanders going to Denmark, engaging with Denmark, working with Denmark. We still have Virgin Islanders in my lifetime seeking reparations. Um, technically, there there is a group that reparations is a part of their platform. Um, and so just to name that as we celebrate D. Hamilton Jackson, as we celebrate him, and I encourage you to, one, take a sacred moment um, to just be like, wow, because we stand on his shoulders. The life we're living um, is, is, is in part for the sacrifice, the dedication, and the work um, that those Virgin Islanders who came before us had committed themselves to. Second, to be grateful for all those names that I call this morning, all those names that I call this morning, whether you agree with them or disagree with them or you're giving them their vote, they determine that in some way, shape or form, they want to continue work on behalf of Virgin Islanders. Now, we may not always agree with that work, but it is work and it is hard work. Um, so to be grateful that there's still people who are willing to wake up and fight on our behalf and and move and dedicate them their lives to service and third recognize that all of them are not in public office there are people who are doing this in public office there are people who are doing this from very grassroots community um standpoints they're advocating they're agitating their voice is um repetitive and i think sometimes their voice becomes for some, it becomes um, an alarm to pay attention to, to something. And then for others, it becomes like, oh, my gosh, them again. But their agitation is necessary, right? Agitation is necessary. I don't know if I said this on air. I think I did last week, right? But how we build muscle is from resistance. And so it, it's like, what is what is the dance between cooperativeness and collective action and actually acknowledging opposition and difference, right? And 
that is a health uh, that's a healthy community in a healthy community it is not um i trying to find a for me okay that's let's start there for me a healthy community highlights and evolves due to its difference which means for me that i don't have to agree with every person that I, and every decision that I eventually, you know, that I voted for. I am aware that the people that I voted for, if they are given the consent to govern in the next two to four years, will make decisions or, 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 or vote or put legislation on the floor um, that I may or may not agree with. Right. What to me is is more important is I have an avenue and that my difference or my disagreement. There's a space for me to share it. Right. And we live in a democratic society. So there is that space is respected, might not change their vote, but that I am least at least given and the people of this community really are given the opportunity to voice their values and that those values are taken into consideration. And that once I share my opposition, I am not your public enemy for the next four years because I said, I don't agree with this, that I think there's an alternate way for us to move forward. Like the people of the community and the people who work for you and the people who will be all part of the system, which is all of us in different places, should should be able as citizens and as collective groups to stand in opposition and be like, we actually don't agree with that. Um, and it should feel safe and that difference should actually, in my opinion, be welcomed. If you are listening to me this morning and anything I say kind of motivated you or speaks to you, feel free to call in at 340-718-0761. Um, I'm talking about connecting our celebration, our remembrance, right? Because it's not just a party, but it's also for me quite sacred. Our remembrance tomorrow of um, D. Hamilton Jackson and the work that he did on behalf of the people of the Virgin Islands to where we are, right? As today is the closing window of early voting. So you have until seven this evening. And then we also are looking at November 8th, what that means. What what does liberation and liberty have to do with voting, I guess, is my curiosity. How are we using that right to vote, the um, responsibility of voting, the privilege of voting? There's still people in the world fighting for it, and it's a right here, right? How is all of that connected when we look at what was happening in 1917 1926 all those years before i was born almost 50 years before i was born and now and how will we actually as a people of the virgin islands like in your individual roles how are you, how are you taking that forward right the gift of life but also gives us the gift of opportunity to make choices decision 2022 is a choice but how you show up every day is also a choice. And as a Virgin Islander, um, what are the ways that you do your part, 
right? And for the people who have chosen to run for office, again, we we rounding out um, to November 8th. We're nine days away from November 8th. We're closing the early voting window. And I can't emphasize enough, while we probably all have opinions um, on each and every candidate running for each and every slate, they put their names up to run, to be of service. That in itself is a momentous step because the burden of leadership is not light. Who feels it knows it more, right? For those of you who have served in any leadership capacity, um, as small as whether you're, you know, which is actually a big deal, whether you're like over a youth program because you're stewarding the next generation, um, if you've served as a commissioner, if you served as a supervisor, if you served as a manager, leadership is leadership is leadership and it, it turns into care of people. And for the people who are saying, I want to be in care of all 87,000 people, that's pretty, that's pretty steep. And so just know that we are grateful for you and we're glad you threw your hat in the ring. And the pause is we also want to hold you accountable. You know, and that I guess as I'm musing and I'm thinking on air, I think that also feels really hard for people in an elected spot to understand that we as the electorate appreciate them. And we also want to hold them accountable. Um, and so that means that I do have questions. That means that I do have voice. That means that I can have an opposite opinion. And my opposite opinion could raise all my passion about the choice that you're making. And that passion doesn't translate to my care of you as a human being. Like I could love and respect a person I could want the best for an individual and completely disagree with their position on um, a political decision or, or a decision that governs the entire territory. And I think that's important for us to also like share. And if you're just tuning in, we're going to take a short break as I talk about Decision 22 and D. Hamilton Jackson this Monday morning. See you when we come back. I'm Summer Sibley Brown filling in for Neville James. documentaries and specials the bbc world service brings you in-depth reporting and unique perspectives programs with a distinctive global flavor from the bbc world service starting at 2 a.m right here on wtjx fm 93.1 funding for the bbc world service comes from first bank first bank's digital bank offers check deposits bill pay transfers and more from anywhere 24 7 more at onefirstbank.com 
El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación. Puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio. Usted puede servir como monitor. También tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente. Si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir, hay un lugar para ti. Solo inscríbete. Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021. Y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer. Parents, have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VA Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. are back from our short break and if you're just tuning in you're listening to analyze this with me summer sibley brown and this morning before we prep for the candidate se candidate speak series um we have coming into the studio hopefully um aspirant and senator um angel bulkes and so that's you know i'm really excited to interview him as we move down as we move down the chart of persons who ha are seeking our consent to govern. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what that means to me. You know, um, again, I said Neville is gone for two weeks. This is day one of week two. So you have me for four more days after this. And then I will be resuming my regular scheduled role of Candidate Speaks um, co-guest host. And then after November 8th, you know, you get Neville again and I'm... I'm off doing my nonprofit things. But consent to govern, when Neville mentioned it, it, it kind of, um, he, I forgot the justice that he said named that, coined that specific phrase or where he heard it. So, but, you know, like giving credit, Neville said it to me, but he actually heard it come from a justice. Um, and it was interesting because I was like, that's exactly what it is that I feel like we do. We have community leaders, um, D. Hamilton Jackson. He also served as a legislature to Municip Synchro Municipal Council, the Colonial Council. And um, we have these positions where um, we determine whose voice um, and whose thinking and whose integrity represents us the best. Who, who, who's listening to the constituents, who has vision, who has requisite experience. You know, he was a lawyer, he was a judge, who has skill, he, who's been in the community doing the work, who, who's willing to step up to the plate. <clears throat> And when we give them that consent to govern, for me, it's also who will continue to honor those things of, 
you know, we talk about when you're running for any position. I mean, we're mainly talking about the legislature having that piece that's constituent work. But if I am giving you my vote, then, you know, within reason, I also expect you to be willing to hear my voice. Um, to hear my voice around what it is I value, what it is I care about, how it is I I see the Virgin Islands growing. And I think in the past, that constituent work was done, you know, underground, day to day. Life has changed a lot. And so there is a role for social media platforms. There is a role for town halls. There is a role for letter writing. I am sure people are still calling offices. And each one of these um, specific, I'm going to call them stations, have a mechanism by which you can communicate. So when I say you know, you're critically thinking about who you give your consent to govern to and, you know, please go out and vote. But you, our job as the electorate does not end at the voting box. Their relationship with us, right, doesn't end in campaign season. The relationship of the elected with the electorate does not end in campaign season. And within reason... For the next two to four years, this should be a really wonderful and delicate dance of us giving information and receiving information and and them gathering information on how we the people feel about certain decisions. And granted, what I do understand now is perspective matters right? Perspective matters. I've had the opportunity to work in, within the same organization on several different levels. Um, and I will use the Department of Education as an as a example. Um, as a paraprofessional, what I saw, what I understood, what I needed was different than a teacher, was different than a coach, was different than a counselor. It was totally different than the principal, right? But all those perspectives were true and mattered. And as a principal, you know, it's different than a person working on a district level. And as the people working in a district, it's different. Their view is different than the insular superintendent and the commissioner. Doesn't mean that their views aren't true and valid. The challenge is in the large system, how are we respecting each other's realities, taking those truths and working them towards a common outcome and output. And in the case of the Department of Education, it is the education of our children. It's a safe environment that fosters the best opportunity for the next generation of D. Hamilton Jacksons, right, to, to be born, to be made the next iteration of people who will run for office while ensuring that teachers and and other staff in the school are in a safe, positive environment because we are also building community through the school system and that parents feel and understand their role in it, right? It's this huge, complex engine. Um, and I'm using education as an example, but every system we have is that complex and every system we have has all these multiple perspectives. Um, and so I say that when we are voting for people, we are voting hopefully for people who understand that as constituents, there are multiple perspectives, but their role in understanding government systems. I also, as an elect, 
as a person who's electing have to understand that I want people who have the requisite experience to understand how government works to take my perspective and use it to, to feed change. But then also to be in enough relationship with community to make sure community understands the challenges of those systems and how those systems are working and the process of change right and the process of change and that is not an excuse to say that some things can't happen really quickly <laughs> we saw that with COVID-19 we were able we were agile we were able to flip on a dime right nobody ever thought that virtual education would be a reality for the Virgin Islands COVID-19 happened and within short order we were doing it right now we could debate on the quality of it you know from different people's perspective but the truth is it was done. And if we look at that continuum that I was talking about, that like progress and change happens on a continuum, um, that really then speaks to our ability to, to make changes or do things right now and change systems. And also it addresses the fact that systems change over time. If you are listening to me this morning and you have something you want to add to this conversation, you can call in 340-718-0761. Um, let me say that again, 340-718-0761 or 718-4555, 718-4555. Um, we are in decision 2022, um, tomorrow's D. Hamilton Jackson Day and Looking at where we are and how we've gotten to today, I'm grateful, but I'm also cognizant that Decision 2022 matters. Again, election system, early voting, it's October 31st. It ends today at 7 p.m. You have up until 7 p.m. to visit a voting center. And then the rest, if you don't make it today, no worries, no fret. If it didn't, if it didn't fit in, you have November 8th. That is the election day and WTJX will be doing general election night coverage as per their usual. And it's going to be robust and fabulous and filled with rich conversation um, about the campaign season, about the past four years, about, you know, experience, skill. Um, it's going to be hosted by the very opinionated and agile Jamila Russell. And so, you know, so, you know, it's going to be spirited and good. And, we you know, we're looking forward to sharing that with you i am here until the end of this week right because neville comes back and i'm really excited because he's missing the big dogs that's what he would call them not what I, you know he'd call them the big dogs he'd call both of them like they are reigning champs they're incumbents right they're in the office and so on november 2nd well Today, in the second hour, we have Angel Bocas. Tomorrow, we will have Senator, sitting Senator Alma Francis Heiliger. And then we also on, so that's Tuesday, Wednesday, we will have um, Lieutenant Governor Trigenza Roach and Governor Albert Bryan. And then in the second hour, we will have our delegate to Congress, um, Stacey Plaskett. So on the second, we have two really big conversations. I'm like, oh my gosh, Neville is not here with me. So if you're listening, Neville, text, 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 because this is exciting um, for me. And it's also, you know, it's really signaling we're rounding out the end of the Candidate Speak series. And there's so much for us to talk about. There's still so much for us to explore together. And so I'm like, 
again, always honored to be on WTJX NPR 93.1 with the best listening, you know, the best listening audience out there. I'll be sitting down here watching Neville, just like the text is firing in from the listeners, um, commenting, sharing thoughts, sharing ideas. So I, I would venture to say, if you're listening to us, big up to yourself. We have some of the most intellectual listeners out there in the VI, um, and also dedicated, um, so back to what I was talking about, which is Decision 2022 and D. Hamilton Jackson Day and the intersection, right? The intersection of our past leaders who, who braved change on our behalf and what we are doing today. You know, when we look at, and again, I want you to think, this is VI, I am on VI now.com so i'm not i'm not you know neville is a history genius he'd be sitting on in here pulling it pulling it out of his brain i am a person who uses the my resources and so it's funny because it says that jackson distributed free copies of his first issue on the herald of the herald on october 30th and that and that at his lecture on October 31st, he instructs his audience to come to Christianstead the following day rather than going to work to celebrate the birth of their newspaper. So like we actually in the day. So yesterday, yesterday in 19, hmm, yesterday in 1915, um, D. Hamilton Jackson put, he issued, he released his first, first issue of the Herald that was on October 30th. And then he encourages everybody. He says, yo, peoples, listen, meet me. I, I'm doing a lecture October 31st. On October 31st, he tells people, don't go to work. Don't go to work on November 1st. Don't go to work on November 1st. We're going to celebrate the birth of a newspaper. Um, the article suggests that most laborers from estates and many towns went to celebrate. So again, speaking to that influence as a community leader, as an activist, as a person of integrity and trust, um, the people of the Virgin Islands then, our ancestors, they was like, yo, okay, D. Hamilton Jackson said, let we celebrate having this free press. And that's what's done. And today, in 2020-22, we're celebrating D. Hamilton Jackson Day. Um, he probably had no idea that 50 60 70 years later we would be celebrating his actions and that he 1981 he would be given a holiday um but he but he did it you know in the moment when you are acting in the moment where you're acting i don't think you know like oh I love to say, oh, all the places you will go, the Dr. Seuss book. I don't think he imagined that this would be a holiday for the Virgin Islands and that we would be reflecting on him and reflecting on the work, um, work of the first newspaper, work of someone who served as a judge, someone who served as an educator, someone who served um, as a labor strike organizer someone who traveled on behalf of the people of the Virgin Islands, not just to Denmark, but to the United States, advocating for our rights and our citizenship. Um, one man, all this work, right? But I'm sure the one man, the spokesperson, was also supported by other Virgin Islanders um, with him standing behind him, the courage it took to do the things that they did when they did them. I am in complete awe um, 
of not just D. Hamilton Jackson. I mean, today, yes, him, but but the work, the work that our ancestors did to help us, help us stand, and um, it's just really important that we remember that there is still work to do. Um, many of us are doing it, and many of us don't know where this work will end up. But finding the courage to speak is really, really, really important. Finding the courage to to share our views is really important. And um, honoring those that do, remembering to honor those that do. Um, that's that's what this is all about. Decision 2022, there, there are people putting their hat in the ring to lead, to work, to serve. And there are people in the past who have done this. And we've, we are living the benefit of their works. So I just want to encourage everyone to go out, think about it, you know, determine who you're going to vote for. Remember, it is not bull and bread day, though that's what we call it locally. It is D. Hamilton Jackson Day, um, affectionately known as bull and bread. But it is D. Hamilton Jackson Day. We are honoring the man who started the Herald, fought for Liberty Day, who was a laborer, labor union strike organizer. He was a legislator. He was an educator. He was a judge. He was a Virgin Islander. And so that's super, super important. This was rounding out our first hour where you heard me, Summer Sibley Brown, just talk a little bit about D. Hamilton Jackson. We talked about Decision 2022. We made some correlation. If you're listening out there, hang out with us for a little bit more. When we come back, we will, you know, do our 10-minute buildup. And then we have Senator Angel Bulkes, who is also an aspirant. Hopefully he will be in-house. See you when we come back from break. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper stickers and your sign up only. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot. Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter lives in Tutu, but walk all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope, you're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on election day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting option too. Skip the line altogether on election day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign. Then pick any voting center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's, it's the, the right, right thing, thing to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands. 